But you know what? I thought you were mysterious like my mother until it turned out the mysterious just meant depressed, all right? Hard to reach. I mean, I'm dying here. I don't like going out. You know that I get anxiety when I have to meet people. You know how hard that is. Everything you touch turns to shit! Like King Midas' idiot brother. Jesus. But if you two aren't the biggest pair of fuck-ups I've ever met in my entire life... Hey everyone, you're listening to episode two of Give Us a Second, a mini show series brought to you by The Greatest Moments in the History of Forever. Absolutely. We're happy to be here, right? You would agree with that? (laughs) Somewhat. Yeah. Um, I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode two, The Best and Worst. Of 2016. Right. One of our favorite topics, (laughs) the best of the year. Well, it's, you know, that time of year. uh, Some of you might be wondering, why would we be doing a best and worst of 2016 (laughs) almost three months into the next year? But it's always a mad dash to see all the movies before. We consider the movie year up until the Oscars. Yeah, basically... It starts January 1st, but it doesn't end right. until the following <laughs> Oscar. It's always like a mad dash show. to watch as many as we can before the Oscars. Well, I mean, in all fairness, we live in a city where some of these limited releases yes. don't open up until well into the next year or at all. Or right. if they did, it was very limited or whatever. And You can't always get out and see everything, so we try to see what yeah. we can. Absolutely. So I think we should mention right off the bat, you know, I think how many, I think there's eight or nine movies nominated for Best Picture this year. Right, I yes. Think nine. Something like that. And yeah. we definitely did not see all of them. No. So even between us, you know. You'll have, every year that happens, though. There's always yeah. like a couple that are, it's just like. So when we do, uh, you know, some of our best of, you know, you have to kind of take that into consideration. Yeah. Obviously, our we're favorite not movies that we saw insane people who literally see every single We're just movie. close, yeah. <laughs> 2016 was a fairly reasonable year as far as movies go. Yeah. Um, there have been better and there have been worse. Um, as far as the Best Picture nominations, there have definitely been better years, but yeah, I've kind of th- reached the point now where I, I still like to kind of follow what's going on with the Oscars, what gets nominated, what wins, but like I realized, you know, it doesn't really matter. Just for cool movies that we liked too, I feel like this was a decent year as far as like getting s- some stuff early. Like there was a few things that we saw in the first half of the year that definitely made my list of the top 10. Yeah, I think, you know, if you if you have an interest in independent films or just like smaller type films all year round now, you can kind of find quality stuff being released. Um It feels like I'm pretty much just being a fan of anything that's like an Annapurna Pictures release. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean they do good stuff. So, how do we want to get started with this? Do we want to just like launch into our lists a little bit or yeah i mean i don't know what you had in mind but well um we both did a top of the year list i did 15 which actually is 16 because i had one tie for always with the tie move (laughs) and then um you did 10 yeah um 
I probably maybe could have done 12. (laughs) Some, just very quickly for me, I guess, the ones that uh, didn't quite make my top 10, just kind of like I guess you would call them the honorable Honorable mentions. mentions. Uh, Midnight Special. Yep. Don't Breathe. Ouija Origin of Evil, which probably is like the biggest surprise film of the year. Yeah, uh, considering I think the first one had a six percent <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's yeah, just a weird movie to get this kind of bizarre prequel that really, you know, from what I know, can't I can't imagine it ties that much into the original movie. They should have just called this one Ouija and just said it was a reboot and just acted like the <laughs> other one didn't like even two exist. years later. <laughs> uh, Rogue One and. Uh, the Bronze, which is another surprise, yeah. considering it got terrible reviews, the, and I, I thought it was hilarious. The Bronze might have to just be an episode <laughs> at, at some point here. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people probably don't aren't familiar with it. Um, it's the girl from... I don't know her. Big yeah. Bang Theory, who's not the main not one. Not Kaylee Cuoco or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Cuoco. Cuoco. Yeah, not her, but the other blonde. And she just plays like a... And a, like, I, they never say Olympic because I don't think they're allowed. Oh, she's like a yeah, gold medalist right. or a bronze medalist, bronze medalist yeah. from gymnastics. And this is like 10 years later and kind of like she's, she's kind of like a female Kenny Powers a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I, I, th- I, I thought yeah. it was funny. It was really funny. So. All right. So let's go. Um, why don't you give us some of your movies from your top 10 and you know some of the highlights um well my number one was probably the biggest surprise i, I saw it close to last uh out of all the movies oh, you're just gonna list. start with number one okay uh or whatever you want me no to do you didn't in your really list. <laughs> yeah i mean well that's the one that probably stands out as different well we uh, both i think we both ranked hell or high water at number 10 right um now i wrestled that just made it it was going to be the witch and then i was like i think maybe i like hell or high water a little bit more but yeah hell or high water is kind of a no country for old men ish type movie it's nowhere near that level right but it's kind of similar feeling similar location yeah somewhat similar story not exactly but somewhat it's like this is where you can tell when something's like directed by the coen brothers or quentin tarantino or something like Hell or High Water is like a cool movie and it's well done, but it just lacks a certain, you know, I don't know how to say artistic it. Artistic right. panache. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well put. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a little bit more lighthearted than um, No Country for Old Men. Uh, although the ending is, you know, fairly bleak, but right. it, it's kind of got some light in it and there's some funny scenes and some... Uh, interesting scenes it's definitely um interesting to see chris pine in yeah. a more serious role yeah kind of a lot different than what he's, he's not used to his play. normal like cocky self he's more of a down on his luck tried to do right but just can't make it the right way type dude i'm trying to see where else we may enter so at number nine you had everybody wants some i had this uh up at number seven yeah kind of the new uh, a newer Days and Confused. Yeah, it's it's consi- uh, Richard Linklater considers it like the spiritual sequel. Yeah, um, I understand that. 
it's um, kind of reminiscent of some of his other uh, more indie feeling work early from his career where there's not really like an actual plot so much as just like, hey, we're going to spend some time with some people. And by the end of it, you're going to be like, man, I enjoyed spending that time with those people. Yes. You know? And it's kind of it's kind of it kind of feels like anything can happen. It doesn't really follow like it. Do, it just feels like a slice of life, like any given weekend of these people's lives. Yeah, and I mean, it's interesting because like Days and Confused kind of takes place on the last day of school for some high schoolers, most of which I think are going to be coming back for their senior year, and then this is like the last weekend of like a summer break before college starts right. and a couple of the characters are like freshmen some fun nudity at the beginning <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is always nice and then let's see you had arrival at number eight and i believe i did as well wow so we kind of lined up there lined up yeah arrival was a fun i will say watch. this about arrival uh when i saw it in the theater and i'm not gonna i'm gonna you know not give away spoilers oh, right. for this one but when the big thing is revealed in the movie, it's like I had just like goosebumps and I got like this cold shiver through my body that pretty much lasted the rest of the oh, movie. Yeah, I, I was know. like it that was, blown you were away like, by what? it. I know that's I, I had a similar experience. It was just like because honestly, I had known that there was a twist, but I just did not. I, I was never really expecting it to be what it was. It's kind of a more subtle thing that. It's not like a hard thing that's thrown in your face. It's yeah. just kind of woven in there. Yeah, and I always like appreciate Amy Adams in anything. Oh, absolutely, that she's in. I enjoy her. She's a true queen. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it's cool to see Hell or High Water and Arrival get nominated for Best Picture because they're quote unquote genre movies in a sense. Oh, yeah. You know, they're not like the typical oscar fair i think you know when they originally decided that they could have more than five nominees i think briefly they were at a hard 10 and then now it can be anywhere up to 10 i think the original thought was like oh we need to have movies like the dark knight be nominated like right more popular type movies that are also well reviewed that will draw more viewers to the actual oscars telecast but it hasn't quite worked out that way. I think a lot of people, there was some, a brief surge of maybe, you know, will Deadpool get nominated this year or something? Those kind of movies typically haven't been, but it, they have at least, you know, expanded Branching enough to out. include things. Because I, I don't think, like, when there was five nominees, I don't think Arrival and yeah. Hell or High Water would be nominated. I could what be wrong. When did this you start? Like 2009 or something? Um, what was it? Because wasn't yeah, like sometime Inglorious Bastards and like District Nine were they part? Yeah, of it? yeah, yeah. Okay, so number seven. Now this is going to be like a big spoiler for my list, but you had no, no wait, yeah, number seven. You had the Neon Demon, yes, which I had at number one. Wow, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you love that director though too. I mean, yeah, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, who directed um, Drive, Only God Forgives. Yeah. A couple other movies. No, totally. I mean, it definitely doesn't surprise me that that's your number one. I mean, when I look at Neon Demon, I'm like, yes, this is a Zack movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I really like Neon Demon, though, too. I mean... Yeah, well, for me, I've kind of gotten to the point where I can still appreciate um, normal things like, you know, La La Land or 
Manchester by the Sea or other, you know, typical kind of Oscar bait, bait. type movies. Yeah. But for me now, I think, you know, I've really just gone into this thing where I appreciate things in films that are larger than life in a sense, like right. fucked up, deviant. Yes. Uh, yeah, I understand. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't, I'm not really embarrassed to admit that, like, I still get a thrill from nudity from movies. Well, I mean, and, like, come on. sex and violence Everyone and weird wants to see things. Beautiful people nude. I mean, and, come on. You know, people taking weird chances with stories oh, and absolutely. different kind of things. And, like, The Neon Demon is just a total mindfuck of a movie. It's definitely not for everybody. No, no. <laughs> I would assume yeah. probably at least 50% of people would hate it. You know, it's just odd. It is like just a holy shit movie and you're just like trying to figure out at the end of it like what the fuck did i just watch right what is the what going on here it's like at you know at some point there's just a panther in her in her fucking hotel room or whatever <laughs> and it's like by the end of the movie it, someone could bring that up and be like remember that part with the panther They're like what i don't even remember that at this point i mean it is like anything with like an up. intense necrophilia scene oh. really is going to jump out at me <laughs> which that i mean that's you know what it loses points for me just because of, you know the weak stomached matt crosby can't just can't <laughs> handle these things <laughs> and i think you could i think you know a lot of my list you could kind of tell that I, I i was you know drawn to some different kinds of movies the bleak um, the dark yeah so number nine for me because we skipped over it uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, which I did like too. That could be an honorable mention for me. Um, some of the drawbacks to that are it's kind of reminiscent of like a Twilight Zone episode or that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of got like I don't I'm kind of like dancing around what things I'm gonna like spoil and not because I think later there will be some spoilers and I'll make that clear. But um, for this one, I'll just say there's kind of like a double twist at the end that's kind of subtle where you're kind of just like oh but then oh again like you're you're like right. oh this is happening oh but this is happening it's kind of like yeah. a double <laughs> yeah, it is one thing of um mary elizabeth winstead always nice to see her she looks great in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and just is great she's getting out there doing things yeah number six for you uh moonlight which oh, i did yeah. not see right uh so i came down to I knew I could see one more. It was either going to be this fences or hidden figures. And I just felt like this one was like the most, like I felt like I would like this one the most and I was glad I saw it. I think I described it to you as like uh, the wire meets blue is the warmest color. <laughs> yeah. Black is the warmest color. <laughs> I think you said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's cool. It's like, um, you know, this kind of weird social outcast dude, kind of being raised by a drug dealer a little bit whose mom's a crackhead and it kind of like jumps in time a few times now i've heard it kind of compared to boyhood in a way but i don't know did they use the same people no uh not that no i don't think so um and it's only like three jumps in time it's it's fragmented like in three different time periods not like you know every year but i guess you know i guess the, the coming of age thing is there and was it coming like, of gay <laughs> was it, was it depressing uh, happy it has a happy ending it was mostly like a drama 
Yeah, I mean it's dark. I think you know, yeah, this his was... mom's a crackhead, and it's and he's like a kid that's kind of bullied a bit. I was explaining it to uh, Brian the other day, and I was like, "Well, it's like if you took that kid from The Wire, the one that's like weak, and it leaves the show off like he might become the next crackhead or whatever. It's like if you took him, but he became Omar." Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. Okay, so my number six is a tie, and one of the films matches up with your number five. Um, so oh. first we'll do The Witch, which you did include. Right. Um, again, uh, similar to my number one movie, The Neon Demon, this one just jumped out at me because it's so different. One of the only ones I saw twice in theaters this year, if not the only. Yeah, and you didn't even make your top ten. Yeah, I don't know. So I guess maybe sometimes the space between I, I did like it though yeah it was like a weird mix of like funny yeah strange i do i mean i that second time we saw it i was just laughing so hard at those the little kids the twins in it they were just so funny but like no one in the theater <laughs> reacting so it was like very <laughs> uncomfortable for everyone yeah it's an uncomfortable movie uh there's definitely some parts in it that are hard oh, for chilling. some people yeah. and uh there's a and the ending is, is pretty intense uh yeah i mean it i'm interested to see you know where that director goes and if they're you know interested in just being like a horror kind of director or if, yeah, if this know. is just a one-off kind of deal or i don't know but it was definitely unique and uh just that unsettled feeling for the whole time you watch it okay so my number or tied at number six for me and number five for you was American Honey. Oh yeah, um, which we just watched. I guess briefly we could just say it's like a three-hour movie about really depressing poor kids, basically. <laughs> yeah, selling magazines. It was like one of those movies that afterwards <laughs> starring Shia LaBeouf. And I just this. I mean, I love movies that do this, but it just had a fucking effect on me like afterwards i was just like sitting in my car like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) you just think like man that could have been my life (laughs) um number five for me is number two for you and that is uh manchester by the sea oh yeah um one of the best picture favorites this year this was right up my alley um i don't want to give away too much on this one just say you know very uh it's a it's a bleak story yeah, with a lot of humor in but it. But you though, can too. find the humor in it. Um, kind of just like the definition of life goes on, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, like you know, no matter what, I guess. Right. Number four for you, which was my number two movie, uh, was Green Room. Yes, love Green Room. Green Room, just a violent. Holy shit. Yeah, Crazy. the violence is so hard to stomach, but such a fun watch, though, and uh, some pretty funny parts in it, I would say, too, Yeah, for how dark it is. And, I mean, you know, let's not bury the lead here. Imogen Poot's character, just the most amazing woman in film ever. <laughs> I mean, can I say that? Yeah, one of my definitely one of my favorite characters of the year. Oh, yeah. Um, it's about a band that gets himself into a bad situation and you know and patrick stewart playing like a weird white supremacist villain death ensues and you know it's uh it stars the late anton Chekhov. i think yeah that's which is still so weird i mean talk about death under bizarre circumstances yeah which could also be like the fucking tagline for that movie 
number four for me was La La Land, and that would be number three for you. Yeah. Um, Just a spectacle of a movie, really. Yeah, it's something I didn't really expect to like as much as I did. It's uh, definitely it's weirder than you would think it would be. <laughs> In a good way. And I just wanted to take the time here, and this is where a spoiler is going to come into the mix. And just, I'm just going to say... Shuffling around to shut the podcast off. <laughs> Emma Stone's character it just infuriated me at the end of the movie. Yeah, I think that was disappointing for everyone. Even the female listeners, because I think they're like, what the fuck? You're not going to get back with Ryan Gosling? That's what every chick wants. <laughs> well... He, you know, encourages her to stick with her dreams when she wants to give up. She does eventually give up. She leaves California and goes back home, having totally given up on being an actress. And he receives a call uh, asking her to come on an audition. And he drives to her house in Colorado or wherever it was and goes and gets her and makes her come back and go on it. And it's, oh, right. of course, her yes. big break. And it's like, then you know, this movie that she's going to be working on is filming somewhere else, so then they feel like they have to break up, but it's like, honey, you owe everything to this dude. He yeah. got you to write your own play, which got you this audition, which he made you go on. It's like... And she's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that dude. Until she sees him <laughs> at the bar at the end. <laughs> Number three for me uh, is a movie you didn't see yet, The Edge of Seventeen. Oh yeah, I do. This is on my top to-do list. Just unbelievably good it's funny the dialogue is great the story is great the acting is great Haley steinfeld really just proving that she's here to stay that she's a star you just say edge of 17 and i just go like that. <laughs> uh woody harrelson's great in it um and then uh we already covered my top two green room and the neon demon uh your number On manchester by the sea Number three was La La Land for you. Number two, Manchester by the Sea. And that leaves your number one. Yeah, which is a, a weird pick. Uh, but for me, this was a made-for-Matt-Crosby movie, uh, dark comedy, slice of life, 20th century women. Um, I think it might have gotten some Oscar attention. Not Definitely not Best Picture. I think it got Best Original Screenplay. Um, but, yeah, I, I loved it. It's definitely it's my number one. It's the one that jumped out to me all year that I was like, this is going to be a buy on Blu-ray as soon as it comes out. <laughs> and well, I didn't see it, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we won't elaborate on it too much, but I, I really liked it. I thought I was <laughs> it got a lot of laughs from me in the theater. Annette Benning just unbelievable in it, I thought. So whenever we started this episode, we told you that the title was Best and Worst. So let's uh, briefly go well, over the worst. Yeah, so uh, just quickly mention my honorable mentions for the worst of the year. <laughs> Independence Day resurgence, uh, horrendous. Um, I had yeah, I had zero interest. No, in that. and it, it's it's laughably bad. I mean, it's just you can't believe that it's as bad as it is almost. Yeah, and I feel like there was another one that I wanted to bring up, but now it's escaping me. Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Batman I mean, Ghostbusters, versus Superman. And here's the thing: you've seen all the terrible movies. Ghostbusters was like I love the original Ghostbusters, so I was like all in. Went to see it opening weekend and it was just terrible it's cheesy and, you know if we have any female listeners ladies it's not sexist to think that this movie's terrible no it just wasn't good i it, think it, kristen wig and uh melissa mccarthy are two of matt's favorites hilarious yeah. and uh i don't i'm not super super familiar with the other two i know they're on snl i think they're fu funny on that i don't 
I don't know them outside yeah, of SNL I didn't, very much. I don't very watch well. SNL very often, so I didn't really know either of those two. But it's a, it's more just the idea that like they couldn't have a Bill Murray type character in this. Like they refused to let any of them be like the cynical asshole characters. They were all just either like bubbly or like clumsy or like I'm a misunderstood, awkward, nice girl. Like it just was completely devoid. It could have used that chick from the bronze. <laughs> that would have made it so much better. Yeah, I mean, I think like the reason one of the reasons why the bronze got such bad reviews was like cuz people are just pussies now. <laughs> yeah. Like they're just like they're afraid to embrace like anything cynical in humor. They right. they they don't get that things are, can just be a joke and just be funny. Yep. Like I don't know. It, yeah, we're just I know. overly sensitive. It's pathetic. But yeah, anyway, let's get to what we both thought was the biggest disgrace. Uh Kevin Smith's yoga hosers. Now, some Just, people might not be super familiar with that. Uh, starring his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter. Yes. Who are friends in real life. And a lot of IRL. the shitty cast from Tusk. Right. Which was also uh, a it, huge it turd of a movie. It goes on like a 15... The climax of the movie is like a... What feels like a fifteen-minute run of Ralph Garman just doing impressions, and I would say not even that well. You did see that, yeah. Ralph Garman's terrible. Uh, I mean, everything about it was unfunny and terrible, and it looks <laughs> ter. It looks like something that now listen. I love Kevin Smith, but it's just this is completely devoid of humor at all. It's not funny. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I, it's it's insultingly bad. I feel like, right. It's unmitigated garbage. Yeah, I just, you know, <laughs> and it's like we were talking about this Kevin Smith stuff the other day, and it's like, you know, announces all these things that he's doing, and then it's just like he's backtracking on them, pulling them back, gets everyone excited, and then it's like, no, that's not happening. It's like, you know, I'm glad he's still making movies and stuff, but it's just like this is this was just such a waste of everyone's time. I just don't understand. Yeah, I d- <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I, I feel it, like it seems like he's got he's strayed too far off the path, and he's forgotten his strengths. You know, but the things like, that made his career. You know, I can. St- I'm sure. I've heard him be funny a lot on you know his podcast, and it's just like I don't know how he can put this out there and act like it's funny. I don't know. <laughs> um. So I guess in closing, I'll say most disappointing of the year for me was Suicide Squad. I didn't hate it as much as you and some of the other people out there but uh i I thought it it could have been like way cooler uh i didn't walk out of it and was like fuck that movie (laughs) it was just kind of a letdown i mean i loved margot robbie in it yeah she was great um as harley quinn uh honorable mention for most disappointing probably blair witch (laughs) although i will say i will give it credit the last like 20 or so minutes are actually pretty scary. Yeah, I mean that could also pretty be one legit. of the worst movies of the year, though, too. But I will say it's like it wasn't worse than Yoga Hosers. <laughs> no, uh, I don't. I, I'd have a hard time believing anything could be worse than Yoga. Favorite Hosers. use of music in movies this year: uh, American Honey soundtrack, great, <laughs> and uh, the end of Neon Demon when that Sia yeah. song just blasts in the credits. I was like, I was like getting like teared up of how just <laughs> into it I was. All right, so follow us on Twitter, at GreatestPod. Uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes, please. Give us a rating and review if you can. Um, We're running out of time, but if you need further explanations on what the minisodes are, tweet the show. We'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. You know, next episode will be like normal. And, uh, you know, 
Who knows when the next give us a second? Could be any time. All right. It might happen more often. Uh, we'll see you later. <laughs>